It is Wednesday, the 9th of March 2022, and this is episode 409 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. Apologies for the slow output of this. This is due to a massive work commitments right now. But I am Chris and Ian, you're with me, uh, dragging me along for the... For, uh, you reminded me it's been three weeks since we've last had a podcast, and that's uh, far too long, so apologies. Right, there's no need to apologize. You've been busy, I've been busy. Um, stuff gets in the way. It certainly does. Um, since we last spoke, we've <laughs> World War Three might have started. Um, but yeah, so... Obviously, big, big news stories around Europe and the world, um, around the Ukrainian um, and Russia war going on right now. Um, And in the tech world, um, along with many, many other companies, we're seeing news stories sort of generated on that. And uh, Russia moved to um, censor the um, social media uh, and so Facebook and and Twitter, I think it it, it started limiting access to uh, and started um, censoring what people could look at and share. I think you even mentioned before that, you know, once we've spoken on a, you know, in another situation where you said once they start doing that, you know that things are getting serious. And and certainly that propaganda machine uh, in Russia is going strong and and they're censoring wherever that contradicts it. Uh, they are, uh, and so much so. I mean, Ukraine, in some ways, you know, Ukraine, I think, are you know, obviously winning the kind of social media war, if I call it that. And it's, and it's kind of obvious they're, they're the underdogs, they're the ones being attacked. But I mean, Twitter yesterday launched um, um, here's how to, you know, use uh, um, the Tor network to access Twitter. Um, and it's all official and it's all public, and they're encouraging people to do it. BBC. Was it they went to a shortwave solution to make sure that their broadcasts are getting heard? And even though, I mean, in some of the law changes in Russia, it's not just a tech angle. You know, they're almost they're almost saying if 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 a journalist doesn't report what we, you know, deem to be the news, um, we can arrest you. It, it's you know pretty horrible state of affairs for not only Ukraine but I think a lot of people in Russia as well. You know who are you know clearly not supportive of this and and are now going to suffer huge financial impacts. But the tech companies, as you say, have I guess rallying around where they can. I mean, even EA have said you can't play our games, which is like wow, <laughs> well done EA. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've seen a massive or you know uh, organised you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word, but yeah, sort of veto around Russian services and um, and and facilities, and that's across all sorts of different arenas. Um, you know, from the the statewide, you know, bans around the banking systems, the, the kind of fuel and um, oil and gas sort of restrictions that are starting to come in, and then and now all you know, so many different organisations pulling services from Russia, kind of in that statement of you're you're either part of the global um you know uh, conversation or you you go against it and you withdraw yourself from that and these are all the benefits or these are all the things that you no longer get and even big companies like uh, mcdonald's and um, coca-cola yesterday capitulated and and stopped selling services over there they have got a you know, their their angle is we're trying to offer services to everyday Russian people. It's not their decision, but it is their, you know, it's their leader's decision. Arguably, they've not had a choice in who their leader is for many, many years now. Um, so there's definitely two sides to the coin. But certainly <clears throat> by doing these, you know, embargoes and restrictions, it surely increases pressure internally um, when, you know, to that, that, that people pressure and, and you know, for the people of Russia, they are having to, you know, if they do go and protest, they're being arrested. <laughs> there are laws against them protesting. Like you say, they're control of the news. So it's an, it's an awful situation. We are seeing that rallying. And it, it does feel a bit disingenuous that, you know, there was a lot of rhetoric beforehand that we stand with Ukraine and all those kind of things. As soon as uh, war broke out, it, that the actual military standing by uh, sort of evaporated yet um this this sanction body is it has grown escalated and it's it's almost like the the national level of you know cancel culture almost it's that uh we're 
effectively cancelling Russia. And it's across sport, across uh, leisure, across industry, across all these things. Um, yeah, the world is cancelling Russia right now. And, and Putin has succeeded, I think, in one thing, and it is uniting most of the world against him, his policies, his way of working, and actually probably strengthened a European resolve, not not weakened it. You know, so I mean, I mean tactically, right now, just feels, and I don't, again, probably shouldn't delve too much into the politics side, but it just feels like, you know, it was always a misstep, um, but it feels more so, it feels like the world really are, you know, out, out to without getting military involved trying to you know punish the country into a place where it says enough you need to step back shows how interconnected everything is as well with technology nowadays with the uh, you know uh, you know at so many different levels uh, all these all these all countries and all services rely on technology and some of those some of that power is actually contained within key areas of the western world and uh, and you know that they're they're fully utilizing that anyway so yeah like you say we can't dwell on it too much. It's um, it's 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 a precarious situation to say the least, and uh, a very very sad situation. Uh, and it will be, uh, you know, hopefully uh, resolved uh, in a in a well. They, it could go one of two ways, couldn't it? So um, we'll see where which direction it heads. This is a bit of a turn left at the traffic lights. <laughs> Google- <laughs> After that news story, Google wants to bring Chrome OS to your PC or Mac. Oh, everything's fine and dandy. But this is, uh, so obviously Chrome OS has been part of the Chromebook proposition. Uh, Chromebook is a relatively cheap and inexpensive piece of hardware. And Google are thinking, well, how about we release this software for your for for your old hardware that you're not using anymore? So if in places like schools, this might extend use of some lower powered Macs that just, or laptops or Macs or whatever that can't at the moment use um you know the latest operating systems are becoming too slow putting chrome os on they get all that control uh, uh they've, they've kind of said it's very beta at the moment uh, don't expect everything to work but um it's, it's certainly looking like it's a possibility to to breathe life into older hardware uh, yeah so it's called the corner chrome os flex um it will follow the same kind of cadence so as as Chrome OS releases, it'll, it'll keep pace with it. So they're, you know, they're trying to make sure it doesn't become a almost like an older version. Because I think I think people would you know be really put off with that. Um, and right now, it won't. So so in Chrome OS, you can play Android apps. This will not let you, but they're looking to add support for that. So that's something that would be a kind of I guess coming soon. Probably we'll need to see how popular it becomes. You know, if it becomes popular enough, they'll invest. Um, but an interesting angle, and and again. Although you've said, and yet quite rightly, they're focusing enterprises and schools. Um, if you've got a USB port, you can stick it on your machine, so you can actually yep. do this now. Quite a lot of modern laptops obviously check the USB for boot drives first. I mean, if you, if it doesn't, then you you have got that BIOS pain in the neck of trying to figure out how do you get your BIOS to to say try and boot from from uh, USB. But I think a lot of modern laptops would come with that sort of turned on as a facility anyway. Um, and when I say modern, I mean you know not completely ancient um but yeah uh and and why not it's a, it's effectively a linux distribution and and you know why, why not boot from um like usb drive um twitter has been expanding its crackdown on the trolls and hate speech and all that kind of stuff across its service so we spoke you know probably about well quite a few podcasts ago now about um the new measures about auto blocking or being able to mute people that are sending offensive uh, stuff and people's accounts getting auto uh, suspended if they are seen to flood and uh, send hate speech. Um, and that facility is now being ramped up. So it was uh, sort of in a kind of smaller beta phase, but now it's becoming, I think, that's, is it is it going to everyone or is it sort of just being more widely available? Um, they're now seeing half the platform's users. So it's a, I guess it's, a, you know, as you say, smaller boat and then, you know, big chunk, and then I guess if that goes successful over the coming you know weeks and months, then it'll be the rest of the population. So they've got about fifteen hundred people globally moderating content. The rest of this service is done via kind of algorithm, and and I think we've seen some people saying, "Well, why is my account being 
suspended. So I guess that's why you need to scale it a bit carefully, just in case that algorithm does get a bit overzealous and, and ends up blocking everybody on the service for whatever reason. But it says it's clever enough to understand your relationship to other people on the service. So for example, if, you con if you're following them and if you constantly interact with their account, it's less likely to block um, based on those sort of metrics. Um, so yeah, algorithms are starting to rule the world a bit, aren't they? It's even censorship is now algorithm-based, and uh, I think that's going to become a story. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's you know, a choice itself. with the amount of content. I don't. Uh, I, you know, I think you have to rely on it in some ways, but it's having the it's having the right mechanism. So if you do feel because you know, I, I guess you're going to get the kind of you know the different factions that we've now got, but a very but a very split you know world. Um, you're going to get a faction just go and just report that user ban them get them banned report them the thing is it's uh, you know social media i was listening to an interesting story on the radio the other day and it was kind of eye-opening really in that social media as soon as it went to algorithm based rather than timeline based we have seen it turn increasingly toxic social media used to be quite a friendly open place but it's um since those algorithms started adjusting timelines and and it, they figured out that the interaction came from not from nice cuddly posts interaction came from borderline posts and black and white with opposing views and and unfortunately just it's almost been a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> and it, social media has to answer to that because whilst it's we kind of slept walked into that really and it has had some pretty serious effects if you look at all the kind of issues that we've got in the world now obviously all these issues exist anyway but social media allows that that highlighting and certainly gives it amp you know amplifies it into the world so uh, it's definitely something that that social media needs to answer to or address um because it's a problem that they have certainly escalated to me it's almost like a, it's, it's like a black mirror episode you know that that you know we're seeing where this potentially could go and it has went um, and also kind of think that you know if you take a step back was there always an inevitability if you look at how um seo experts played the google algorithm and and we're caught you know google would then tweak it I'll, I'll change what I do, you know, is that just what we see with people wanting to, you know, I need to have more followers, I need to have my voice out there. And you see it with the kind of both, you know, and I keep saying left and right, but those kind of big voices in the left and right, they know what to talk about. And we've seen also people go from Brexit experts to COVID experts to now, now experts in war. Who, who knew? Who knew we had so many people in the world that were experts in all these topics? Um, but I think that's just the they see what today's noise is and feel they have to be here's the voice and here's what's happening and in some ways I think the algorithm rewards that if you look at some of the trends sometimes it's it's pretty horrible well it's stuff. certainly like I say it amplifies that and then obviously yeah. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy on that so yes it definitely does um, and it it definitely emphasizes the extreme view not the moderate view um, because the moderate view doesn't attract the the interest or attention no nope, don't get the eyes Say, but you know, if you look at the wider culture, it's the same as headlines in newspapers. Quite often, the headline of a newspaper is very different from the content of the article because they know what drives people to read their newspaper and they're trying to sell their newspaper. Google, Facebook, all those people are trying to sell their platform, get people's eyeballs on it. Um, so yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's kind of yeah. It, it's it's pretty uncomfortable when you get into the the detail and nitty gritty of it. Um, Google are though going to be starting to limit the amount of personal information shared on Android. So Android, as far as numbers go, is a massive um, mobile share. And uh, what they've said is we are going to start controlling and reducing the amount of personalized information or personal information that we're scraping from the services and making available to people on the platform. So app developers and, and whatnot. Um, However, they kind of dropped the nugget at the end. They, they kind of dug in at Apple and said, we're not just going to remove services, which actually, uh, you know, has caused other companies and things. People like Facebook saw a massive uh, share plummet after Apple just reduced and removed the facilities that they were using to scrape data. And Google have kind of said, you know, what sounded like a slam at Apple, but actually ends up being a slam at consumers. We're not going to do this. We're going to do this slowly over two years so that we don't affect enterprise. It doesn't say anything about, oh, yeah, in the meantime, all the user data will continue to be scraped by, uh, you know, whoever and wh whatever. Uh, I, I, I don't think, I mean, there's, uh, 
I think it's the right thing to do. You know, and the way Apple did it, you know, people will say it's right or wrong. Still think that's probably the right way to do it as well, because ultimately, some of the data that was being captured, you had no idea it was happening. And that's, you know, we just talked about the previous story around the, you know, the algorithms uses that data to feed you, you know, more of what you're doing. It's weird. I actually think YouTube's one of the worst algorithms, because it's like if you, I mean, we were talking, we we're talking about a, a marathon just before, before, before the start of the podcast. I bet you if I watch that video, I'll just get a flood of, oh, you're now interested in these things. And it's like, well, no, I just watched that one video. I think I said to you, I watched, uh, I was, it was when I was watching Chernobyl, the, you know, the, the HBO series. And I just typed in one thing into YouTube. And then for the next month of my life, I was, I was watching nuclear videos, disaster and, uh, you know, all the kind of. And it seems to be immediate. Like it's like, oh, that's today's thing, right? You know this, but but it's the same as Amazon, isn't it? You order an yeah. ironing board, and it offers you loads more ironing boards, even though you've just offered, you know, ordered oh, an ironing board. Because I think I've told you before, because because I buy my, most of my mom's gifts from it. There are some very strange um, recommendations, <laughs> that suggestions. <I> get. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like you say, rightly or wrongly, Apple did the kind of sticky plaster effect where they ripped it off and now they're just going to see, and they did the same with Flash and things like that, don't they? are quite willing to just take that hit and, and know that they're strong enough to, to rebound. And we'll talk a bit later about the Apple event that we've had and, and more of the products that are going to make them mega millions again. And, but this uh, is also, the, this is back to the, these big tech companies have had the run of the market for too long and legislation not just us but europe as well and and people saying enough's enough you need to you, you are too powerful um and i think you know it's it's, it's interesting because apple you, you mentioned about you know android's massive so they've got basically two-thirds of the market from a market you know from a, a user numbers yeah. pure numbers perspective um not money not, not <laughs> no. money but <laughs> But Apple almost used that as their excuse around, we're just a small player. Look at big, bad Google. Um, but yeah, exactly. the reality is, it's a duopoly. You know, there's, and, and you could argue the same in operating systems. There's you know, there's a huge Windows and small, small Mac. But again, you know, we talked about Chrome, but that's really it. So yeah. Oh, I, and, I mean, obviously, Linux does have its. Oh, I knew you were going to say and, that. Come on. But it, I mean, ultimately, I mean, ultimately, Mac is just a Linux distribution. I know, it's just but a... I, but what I mean by that is like, from I'm talking about end users, and and yeah, there'll be like sure. there'll be like three beards in the world using that as their end user system. I think but, it's actually wider than you think. Okay, but you're it's right. Five. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, um, Cleggy, Nick Cleggy, uh-huh. Nick Clegg. Um, he is now uh, vice president or something, president of global affairs. That puts him on a par with um, Zuckerberg in the new Meta firm. So he has definitely had an impact over there. He was obviously brought in initially to work out how they could do some damage limitation and <clears throat> political wranglings around their kind of scraping of data. But um, he's certainly ingested him or, or found out some secret that allows him now to leverage power because he's still there and going up the chain very quickly uh, yeah you know and, and as you say so it was zuckerberg said said that meta needed a senior leader at a level of myself who can lead and represent us for all our who's got those issues. he's got those personal interaction skills that zuckerberg doesn't and it, you know you know one thing he's not an effervescent charismatic leader zuckerberg is he he's very data and you know analytical and and certainly nick clegg's got a little bit more people skills i think he's proved that even if he's proved other things as well yeah 2010 education but anyway (laughs) (laughs) so yep that's uh that's quite a a rise there facebook is launching reels globally um uh, it's betting on it being the fastest growing format so <clears throat> feels like they are trailing the market here i mean tiktok's gone up the road it's done its thing and i guess it, they were more successful with instagram but it's you can get these kind of short form videos on facebook as well um uh, but you know does anyone care um you're right i it's so weird so i'm not on tiktok it's just not not a thing i've kind of got into but I'm still surprised how many TikTok videos I see on both Twitter and Instagram because people are just, I've done it once and I'll just take it from there and share it elsewhere. Why would I do something different? 
Um, and Zuckerberg pointed out when you know we, you mentioned the, you know the previous you know story about adverts and the Apple changes, and he emphasised that he's, he's kind of all hands brief, short form you know these short form videos. That, that's where we need to you know we need to make sure we own that because they're not right now. You know, really no, and I, I don't see how they can when no. they. It's young people who have embraced it and really who, run with who, it. And um, okay, they're not, and they're not on Facebook. They might be on they're Instagram, not, but they're not on Facebook. Uh, and we saw a massive drop in, you know. And I don't think they can recover that and pull it back because it's never going to be young and trendy again. So you, you, know? you use Facebook more than me, right? which wouldn't be hard because I don't, don't use Facebook. But so I'm not saying you're like, you know, I'm not saying you're like active and tons of stuff every day, but. I remember when was it stories was added on Instagram and it got really popular and they said, Oh, we're adding it to Facebook and all the so it looked the same way, but I but I saw nobody putting any stories up. It just never seemed to I, and I, I mean, they they appear, um, but it's it's more that they've put them on Instagram and Facebook of you know they've got a link between their Instagram and Facebook account and therefore it shows them in Facebook. I, I never dip into those in Facebook. I don't, you know, it's not Facebook like for for me like you. Uh, there's a couple of places I will log into, but it's it's not a daily affair, and I'm rarely interested in what I see uh, when I do log in. So, yeah, it just feels like Facebook just feels a bit old school now doesn't it it doesn't feel like they've kept up but but equally yeah i don't use the reels and stories on facebook i do uh, dip into them on instagram though so that's obviously still all part of the same infrastructure nvidia is investigating a cyber security incident so we they kind of a while back they came out and said uh, yeah we're trying to look at what's going on here we had some um bad actor join our network and we're trying to understand what's going on and maybe you can fill me in on where they got to with that investigation um so there, there is um ongoing um you know ongoing leaks so i think um, the last one I saw was something like 70,000 employee details were leaked and there's a number of other things that are leaked. And, but also interesting things have come out around in the leak that looked like the, the chipset that the the new um, um, the new Nintendo... Um, why have I forgotten its name? Switch. That's what it is. Um, but, you know, that, that was in there tucked away in documentation as well. So, yes. Um, and it's all, all linked to a ransomware group. Um, right. So, so yes, and and then eventually, I find it interesting that a couple of these big sort of leaks recently have not been to do with customer data; they are to do with employee data. It's almost like companies now do protect and gold plate those customer accounts, and but they haven't got the same. When you're in the soft underbelly of their actual systems, they're not protecting their own users' data in quite the same way, or their own company data. And I guess once you're inside your networks, it's it's hard to protect it because you're supposedly a, an authorized person at that point. Absolutely. And and the official response, it took them, you know, it took them a week and a bit. And again, we've seen we've seen companies vary in their kind of response. I mean, I'm thinking back to you know some of the bigger UK firms when it was kind of it was out there and the cybersecurity experts were saying, yeah, they've been done. You know, all the information's out there. And then you, you wait like three weeks before the official and you're like, you need to be you know, you really have responsibilities to customers, as you say if it's customer focused that feels where they should be right on it and communicating um but nvidia they took about a, just over a week and then they said uh, we discovered an incident we further hardened our network engaged experts and notified law enforcement no evidence of ransomware being deployed on the environment all that's related to russia ukraine conflicts this was just you know it was just well, over a week ago um but the threat actor took employee credentials and also an NVIDIA um, proprietary information from our systems. And we're seeing lots of, lots of the corporate, um, I guess, instance now, all, all around, um, we will either cripple your network or we'll share your IP. Um, so give us, give us some money, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and that's where they're finding, they're making their money out of it, isn't it? So that's kind of it. In a move very much like the 1984 and the Ministry of Truth and whatever else it was. <laughs> We've got Trump's Truth social app has now been released. And Did this, we not uh, commit we would never talk this, man, again? Probably, I know. It's a, but nevertheless, it's a new social network and it's it's a Twitter clone. Uh, 
because it's made and, and integrated by him, Donald Trump is allowed on it. He hasn't banned himself just yet. Um, and yeah, instead of tweets, you make truths. And it's uh, it's just so depressing. It's just so depressing that it gets any traction. And the whole wording and, and scope of it, it just makes me sick to the bone about what what truth means to uh, you know uh, to the to the society uh, and uh, you know and how important it is and how how much we lose it and we hear all the same rhetoric the same words the same styles that that Russia are putting out now about truth and lies and 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 it just makes me feel really uncomfortable to the core that we so dis you know uh, you know move away from it. I mean just because you tweet it does not make truth yeah and that's that's the problem here people believe it though and that and this whole network seems to be devised around that and sure it's unregulated and I'm sure a whole ton of rubbish is being spouted there daily I'm not even going to give it the time of day to go and log it onto it and I'm sure that says something about me but I hope that many others follow it no, I, I've been interested you know and there's some things that I have went and you know maybe joined or looked at to you know to what's getting said on there I'll understand it no interest because as you say even just the name is sickening even just the fact that they're trying to peddle that everything else is you know fake news that whole four or five years where it was all like it's still fake news you know and it's and it's still spread we've now got on the verge of world war three with someone saying the same things it all comes from that same basis it's yep. awful yep and, and and so so thankfully although it was like you know number one and day one um it plummeted and the last time, well, it didn't work, did it? Yeah, there's a whole other tech issues. <laughs> but the last I saw, which was like last week, was that in the two weeks that it had been launched, he'd actually only put up one post. Um, and I think that says it all. Because if you think how, I mean, for him, and there's no getting away from it, Twitter was his voice. You know, it, it, he, and and yeah, but he but he did do well on the platform. He knew how to, you know, he knew how to put a post out, and you could tell it was him. You know, it was like it was like you could tell the ones that were crafted. Well, you could tell by the white faces and drawn out of their press officers trying to yeah. control it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, as you say, it's kind of sickening. And, and in some, this is where I probably there's a bit of me that just goes, "This is the kind of thing I'd love the app stores to say." Actually, we're not carrying it. You know, that's you know, but but it would be more lefty conspiracy exactly. at that point, wouldn't it? But but you know yeah. where I'm coming from. It's like it's it is it is so depressing how, yeah. As I said, hope. we don't have that point of view and worldview, though, unfortunately. And so we can't ever comment from that side of things. And I'm quite glad that I don't have that worldview. Thank you very much. Um, go stuff it. Um, Apple have been talking at us again um, in event form, uh, not Finally. just telling us how they're not giving us money in, as app developers. Um, but they have released some more stuff. Now, I haven't um, been able to watch the, the keynote. It happened yesterday. Um, I've looked at some of the headlines, but I'm going to dig into your experience of having watched it and um, and been sort of taken by it. And maybe you could take me through uh, some of the main headlines. Oh, okay. We'll try and do this briefly because I, I do dwell and I, and I don't want to dwell on some of this. Um, I, I guess a good thing for me as well, it's been a really kind of quiet tech quarter. There's not been a lot happening. Um, maybe it's just the state of the economies around the world. Maybe it's just we've reached some sort of maturity point. But also, there's been so much rumours about Apple having you know seven new Macs this year and loads of products to launch, and, and you were like, "Well, oh, come on then, go on." So we did. Um, Timmy, Timmy turned up. Um, he started with Apple TV Plus, weirdly, and um, I guess they I want... did that last time as well. Yeah, actually. and yeah. they wanted to crow because they've had two films with three Oscar nominations, and they wanted to emphasize that. And some of the, I, I, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious. Some of the Apple TV con, Apple TV Plus content has been really good. You know, there are. They are aiming for that HBO, so not the volume of a Netflix, trying to do the quality of like an HBO and and, and hit that. Um, I guess the big reveal was they are moving into sports, so they've got a kind of uh, two games every Friday night in the baseball season, if it happens, because there's a baseball lockout happening over there right now. And that actually goes to, it's not just in America, so that will be UK and I think there was like nine other countries as well. So interesting to see if they do anything different or just pick up. You know, American. You know, the, the American TV is a bit weird how they do all their. their you know, every local region broadcasts their own baseball games and stuff. So all a bit odd. iPhone was next. Um, two new finishes. It's green. Um, an iPhone SE. Um, was the only iPhone announcement, and so strangely, exact same design, 
Um, so still the touch ID, so still the 4.7 screen, but it does use the latest A15 Bionic. Um, so the latest chip, so this will last, because Apple is good at, you know, you buy a phone with that chipset, that'll last six years, you know, from an update point of view. And that price point, so 420, okay, it's slightly steeper than the previous version, but like you say, with the latest chip in there, that's actually a very good entry price for a phone, and you know it's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean it's got uh, it's got five G on it as well. So the big changes were the Bionic A fifteen Bionic and five G, um, and it's got a slightly better camera. But but yeah, that yeah yeah that price point works from you know from my perspective looking at that and and the the new so there's no difference in the colours that you've got green two green options are that across both the Pro and the Pro Max and uh, yeah like so that. there was there yeah. was there was green on the thirteen and the Alpine green is for the Pro. Because of the different metal finishes and stuff, but right, fine. And it, and it's, <laughs> but they did it last year with purple, so it's so clearly they see enough of a bump round. Hey, there's a there's this year's you know in color or whatever, and yeah. it's and it's it's fine. Um, next next up, so was, iPad Air. Yeah, this looks quite an exciting uh, one. So this is this is this is a weird one. So I think it's been eighteen months, two years since the last um, Air update. Um, but it now has the M1, which is the same chip that was in the iPad Pros. So you're like, yeah. that's a really, you know... It's it chewing into your own market kind of thing. Yeah, it flies. Um, so, so everybody was a bit surprised. I think the assumption would be A15, because it was almost like the kind of lower-end products in the iPad were like A's and tied up with the iPhone, and, and they'd gone down the you know, the kind of M1 chip in the Pros. But no, M1... Um, the front camera also got an upgrade, so 12 megapixels ultra wide, and it does the centre stage, which everybody, if you've if you've used centre stage, works really well and pans around and follows you around, and it's all really really nice. Um, it's also got 5G because why not? And it comes in five fun colours. I added the fun. No. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just uh, always always find it funny that the. Um, they really could I mean, all this is consumer focused, but the really consumer focused ones have put the they put a bit of personality in, and then the ones that they say are like for pros, silver, grey, yeah. Grey. But, but, but I prefer my grey and silver yeah, products. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so um, I, the, the bit it's a bit mean. So five six nine, which I think is a really good price for that tablet, which again will last for years. But sixty four gig of RAM is just like ah, uh, probably should yeah. have been one two eight, um, because to jump the next I, one. I, yeah, how often do we say that? Though, yeah. we, we do, but but to jump to the next one, it's like a hundred and sixty, hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty to jump up to two five six, and you're at the lowest iPad Pro almost at that point. Another fifty yeah. quid takes you to an iPad Pro, and yeah. it's a far better screen. So it's an interesting, and and although it's like half the RAM at one to eight, it's like an interesting. There's a lot of Venn diagram of like, so there's a crossover. But almost that's probably their thought process is, yeah. you know, five six nine is still our advertising. Hey, from, uh, but we pretty much know you're going to look immediately to the higher one, and then you're going to be thinking about the buying decision between the higher one and the pro. Yeah, uh, squeeze a little are, bit more out of you. These are these are great fast tablets, great screens on them, um, and interestingly. Now that I've, I mean, I've, I've, I really enjoy the, I mean, I've had that 12.9 Pro, I think four years now. Um, and it still does everything I need it to do. It's the value yep. I've had from that, although it was expensive, has been fantastic. But I remember when I bought my first ever iPad, I think it was an iPad 2 maybe, and it was 400 quid because I bought the, the very base model and it lasted so well. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's an incredible value piece of kit. And now you can get the iPad Air for the 569. It's, you know, it's not an insignificant amount of money, is it? But it's but it, for what the kit is, when you compare it to some of the tablets you get, say, on the Android market, there's just nothing that comes to that no. quality, that speed, that that level of, that you know, craftsmanship so yeah I mean, I mean, that's, that's why they've been so successful yeah i mean samsung do do good do good do do good tablets easy for me <laughs> easy to, for say. You to say but um but but i think just the android <laughs> ecosystem around it and the kind of yeah. way it works it's not it's just google not have rare. not put any love into the no. into the the tablet market for a while they've kind of come back to it a little bit they've kind of starting to come back into the market and, but they really the haven't the i have is, is ipad os really lets down the hardware I mean, that is the biggest ding for me around iPads. iPad OS really lets it down. 
because they haven't spent too long on it recently, no, have they? Then? No, I really, it, it, it still feels such a hampered platform. You try to do some basic things, which which a Mac does easily, and it's the same bloody chipset now. So that, that excuse is gone. We're all sat on desktops still, so that yeah. vision of not using desktops never came true, did it? Yeah. Right. And speaking of desktops... Let's do it. So, um, lots of rumours about Macs, and, and there was lots of rumours that it was going to be an updated Mac Mini. Um, we're going to see the bigger, you know, potentially a bigger iMac... Um, 27 and we'll, we'll see the macbook pro get a refresh the, the kind of lower version because you got the higher end version you got the, like the 14 last year yeah the slightly higher end yeah. one not the not the lowest of the low but yeah not yeah. the highest of the high either um but what we did get was straight away they talked about chips and they talked about a brand new m1 chip called the m1 ultra so this is taking two of the m1 max chips fusing them together because it was a hidden feature to merge them together we, we we spoke about this last podcast about yeah. how that's the way modern chips are doing it and see Intel haven't on you know AMD do it and we said that already that we were seeing these these things being fused together and then why not fuse another one I mean this chip must be massive now it, I know they're not huge. big things anyway but no it's, but it's, it's yeah. it, honestly it is it's huge and, and that's because it's a circuit on it's a chip on a circuit so it's it's not just the actual chips themselves and the cores it's all of the paraphernalia that comes you, with it you, and you can again not not great for an audio podcast but if you just kind of do a google for like the m1 family you know and you'll see the size of the m1 chip and then how it went to what, what, the, what the pro was what the max is oh and what the ultras double that again and it's like wow that is like yeah they're, they're big chips but this in some ways this is expected because there was um, Mark, um, I'm trying to remember his name, Mark from Bloomberg. I can't remember his surname. Doesn't matter. Um, but he a year ago had leaked to kind of chip roadmap. So this was like the J2C die. This was going to be the double up again. But everybody tipped this for a Mac Pro and the high end iMac. Um, and again, so where are they shoving it? Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to. I'm not going to go into the stats because there's loads of stats. But as usual, Apple now just show you graphs with no like x and y axis it's just twice as fast as a leading <laughs> just that race. and you're yeah. like thanks for that um but where this is going is to a brand new mac called the mac studio um so take a mac mini um double the height make it slightly wider and deeper extrude it using your 3d yeah. application just drag it up a bit <laughs> you're, you're you're right and um i also add lots of ports in because hmm? modern apple loves ports again they're back. They're back to ports. Uh, praise, even, praise. Uh, see when I first saw Apple. the image, I saw an SD slot in the front. And I was like, I'm buying that, <laughs> which I know is ridiculous because it's like, but so this, so this thing, like you say, it's kind of that little cube-like form factor, very lightweight and small, showing what you can pack. I guess if you if you kind of if you took a a, a MacBook Pro and squished it, <laughs> that's kind of what this looks like. Um, squished it into a cube. So, so, and I guess that's what's inside it. it, it exactly. Well, and, and when you see the schematics, it's like, you know, sm you know, I would say about a quarter of it is the actual, you know, motherboard chip, all the gubbins, all the I.O. Um, the rest is fan and heatsink. Because, the to, to be fair, the Ultra um, will generate a lot of heat. So the if you think back, Apple have always emphasised that their chips have been about efficiency. So if you look at the original M1, I think there was more efficiency cores and less performance. This is all about performance. If you look at the Ultra, um, it's like 16 performance cores. Yeah, um, 16 performance, four efficiency ones. Yeah, yeah, so they've kind of flipped it. So and, and, and clearly not worrying about battery because this is a desktop machine. So it's interesting that their strategy allows them to do these different, you know, you can pick up an M1 chip that is all focused around, you know, battery performance per watt. And in this one, they've went, actually, we'll put a massive heat sink on it, we'll put a fan on it, we'll still keep it quiet, and we'll give you, you know, we'll give you absolute grunt. Um, and this is outperforming the MacBook, sorry, the Mac, Pro, uh, whatever, what's the Mac tower? Pro. The Pro. Mac Pro. Mac Pro. This, this is, is outperforming that by a massive amount, right? Oh, yeah. I think it was like, it was not 60 or 80%. You know, it's like, wow. it's, it's like a huge step change. And, um, it, one of the things, if you've not watched the video, so most of the presenters yesterday um, um, were women because it was International Women's Day, which I thought was, uh, apart from Tim Cook and I guess some of the leadership, because they're, they're not they're not quite there. Apple, they've still got lots of old white grey men, you know, leading the, leading the teams, like most companies. Um, and um, but it was refreshing to see that when they went out to speak to the developers, it was all women from 
you know, there was like there was a woman from Adobe, there was somebody from a an architecture firm, and it was all talk about just the almost like it's not infinite power, but not far away. It's just it's just you know what more power they than they know do. what to do with quite at the moment. Yeah, yeah. A huge amount of power. Um, so yeah, really a really impressive machine, and again, I/O really impressive. You know, it's got. It's got two Thunderbolts in the front with an SD card. It's got four Thunderbolts in the back. It's got a 10 gig, you know, Ethernet, two USB A's, USB A's, HDMI, and a, um, a headphone socket that actually will support. Um, you know, you don't need an amp to actually drive some high-end headphones and audio gear. So it's a, a really capable machine, and it is like a Mac Mini, but a bit more pro, or a Mac Pro and a bit smaller so it's that in between we'll come on to price in a minute because they also announced a display uh the and this was called the studio display so obviously they're kind of designed to go with each other and they sit very nicely together and um but this display you know it, the last display from mac we had was ex- exceptionally expensive and this one again we'll come to price in a minute but it's not it's a bit more consumer focused uh, let's put it that way um uh, but how were they selling this one because obviously their their normal mantra is you know it's just it's just gonna look stunning and i'm guessing that's what they've concentrated on as well this is the same panel that's in the 5k iMac. wow okay so they literally have taken that panel out and put it onto a stand yeah so what they're selling with this is that um it's a 27 inch monitor um it's it's got so by default a bit like an iMac you can you know pivot and that's about it you can't change its height but if you spend an extra £400, we'll give you a nice little tilt-adjustable, height-adjustable option. So you can do height and tilt. Yeah. yeah. Um, another, Just 400 quid. <laughs> yeah. Another interesting bit was it's got an A13 built in. So it's actually got an A13 chip built in because wow. it has a 12-megapixel front camera plus centre stage plus studio mics plus six speakers, and it'll do spatial audio. So that chip is dry. So it's almost like, a, what, half a half or three quarters of an iPhone built into a monitor driving that so, kind of capability. So I think, so, you know, it's going to look good. It's a it's a monitor. We've said before that the, the monitors. So let's just quickly talk on pricing because um, the Mac Studio, if you just get the M1, adjust the M1 Max, which is going to be more than you need, by the way. You don't need to spend it on this. But it's two grand for that little cube. So quite a lot different from the old uh, Mac Mini. Um, and well, what's interesting when, if you price up the most you can do in a Mac Mini at the moment, um, you do get to like. So, if I looked at it from a storage perspective and put a two terabyte SSD in it, um, you're up at 1600 quid. Now, this only okay. comes this only comes with half a terabyte, so so you still have to up it, but you're basically to get you know to get the same storage at a grand more, and there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more grunt. And there's a lot more Ultimately, we, we said already this 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 little box here is a massively powerful machine. Oh, it's probably going to do more than you ever want to do. But it does start with the M1 Max two grand, and, and that's then the when M1 you get Max. so you so, and you've got the M you've got the M1 Max. Oh no, you've got the M1 Pro. I can't remember exactly what I've got. Cause in I think because I think so. I think Max. You know, yeah, I don't think I went Max in the end. Because the, right, the MacBooks yeah. came out, and you could go Pro or Max, and and the studios come out, and they kept on emphasizing the Ultra, but then they said starting at two grand. I was like, oh. But that's the M1 Max. If you want the yeah. Ultra, it starts at four grand. Four grand. And that... Right, so that's four grand for that. And then the display is four t- well, 1,500 quid with just the tilt. And it's 1,900 quid if you want the tilt and height adjuster. Now, what this really is, is the iMac just separated into components. So, and the iMac is going to start coming in at about two fifteen hundred is normally their starting point. Well, going up to now, I know you can go high. No, but, but let, um, let, let me point out the twenty-seven inch iMac is no longer for sale. So that disappeared they're, they're, yesterday. They're gonna that that I think that's why they've done it in this order, right? Uh, they're gonna sell this now because they know people are gonna buy this because it's an amazing thing. But the iMac will be the ultimate end goal, and effectively, it will be that combination of facilities just in a in an iMac so um, and, and so yeah. the interesting bit a lot of tipsters yesterday um we're predicting the iMac either you know now or June and 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 the is it Johnny Shrudy was is, is the kind of main chip guy and was was up on stage introducing all this and right at the end he did say sure thing. oh shut up Siri 
Um, <laughs> why, why don't they fix Syria? Yeah? Um, but the 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 thing he the couple of things that you only get really from the, from watching it. Um, one was he said, um, "This is a last M1 chip." Which is interesting because they're still talking about, and then he says, "But we've got one more Mac to do, and that's the Mac Pro." And then he gave a little wink. And he says, "But that's for another show." Okay, so that might become so, quite soon then. So you're sitting there going, "Well, if that's more powerful, is that an M2?" Because there's lots of rumors around M2 coming, but usually they start off a bit like the M1. They'll start off with the lowest and then build up over time. Um, or is it the they're going to take the you know the M1? Ultra and put two of them in and do something different, or is it that the Mac Pro will be introduced at WWDC or late in the year and said, but you can only buy it next year, and the M2 comes, you know, middle of this year and they'll build up to a huge M2 offering into next year. So there's some things still to come, but when he said this is a, you know, there's only one more Mac to do, people have assumed, well, we're not getting a 27 inch iMac, and um, most of the tips are saying no, that is still coming. Um, why would you, you know, if, if that was the case, if you go on Apple website right now, there's an iMac 24 inch, you wouldn't call it 24, you'd just say iMac if that was the only product. So I think it's still to come, but you're right, There's this feels like it was, you know, if the Mac Mini on its own plus a screen wasn't doing it for you and you still wanted that Apple integration, then here's a, here's a screen which is the iMac screen, but it's a lot of money, but at least you can put some PC content on it now, which you can't do with an iMac screen. Um, and also here's a studio which is more a lot more than what a Mac Mini would do. Yeah, and people have been shouting a while for just saying look the iMac should be able to be act as a screen for another system if it needs to and kind of this is Mac, this is Apple saying no, we're not doing that. <laughs> is, you want a screen, you can have a screen, but you are going to have to pay for it. And, and as I've done more working from home um, and as I've had the gaming PC sitting there, I've become more frustrated that I've got an iMac sitting here, really capable machine and when I've got the laptop on, it's a dead screen. And when I've got the gaming PC on, it's a dead screen. And that's taken me in yeah. a direction where, as much as I love, I've had two iMacs, two iMacs, three iMacs, two iMacs, and I've loved them. Um, I've, you know, have, you know, that more reliance on, you know, working from home, more reliance on the gaming PC is taking me into the, I will not be replacing my iMac with an iMac. Yeah. And, and you know, they've, kind of read that and they've offered you things here but for 1500 quid it's 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 too much for that monitor it will be gorgeous it'll be very well controlled yeah, i won't be buying be typically apple but there are other things on the market which can give you just yeah, as much i won't more, be buying that know. monitor as much as it looks lovely and when i when i have it on my desk in a month's time you can replay this back and say ian you said you weren't buying it but no i'm not buying a monitor because the, uh, the other bit is i wouldn't take advantage of the camera and center stage for the, the amount of video work that i do on it and the audio, uh, sorry, the speakers, I wouldn't take advantage of it. And there's even some doubt around, will it really be a good, you know, monitor for the PCs I've got? Probably not. And I can get something, I'm not saying it's just as good because it, it's like double the pixels. You know, it's like a 5K 27 inch and you, can, you, can't, you can't really get that anywhere else. You can get 4K, um, but it's like double the pixels. But I think with me sitting here, and with it sitting to the side, I won't be able to tell the difference. And it'll be four or five hundred quid, not fifteen hundred. So the other the other angle I thought about and I spoke to you yesterday about this you know, it's this Mac Studio brick thing is pretty impressive, you know, as in it's no doubt about it, it's a sexy bit of hardware, it's back to ports and interesting and it's you know, it's just a new thing. But why choose that over a MacBook Pro, which comes with a screen you don't have to use the screen you could just plug in another monitor into it and, and off it'll trot uh, and, and that obviously the portability of a, a laptop as well i know it's got more grunt in there but you're paying a serious amount of power for uh, money for that grunt um and and it and it comes in a package that ultimately looks great on your desk but is less portable than just having a, a laptop which you could take with you and, and off you off you go i have a spreadsheet and in that spreadsheet i'm weighing up studio and monitor versus maybe even just a macbook pro and and just and just having the laptop to the side driving a nice ultra wide in the middle um and the gaming pc just driving ultra wide and the work laptop driving ultra wide um versus you know even if i put a second monitor in there because i do like my i do like the screens but it's a it's a, it's a good challenge last night when you were like you're an idiot 
Why don't you? I, I didn't say you, that. You didn't uh, say that. Because you, I... But, but, uh, good challenge. <laughs> just before you... Because I will... I, I do like the look of this. And... Yeah. But but when I look at the storage of what we put on it, I'm up at two six. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, you can get a really really nice laptop, which is going to have as much power as you need that you can take with you. Comes with a keyboard and a screen that you don't you can you can use optionally. You don't have to use them. Um, but anyway, it's, that's where the decision comes in. But I think it's a great a great bit of kit, and for that that iMac user who does want a separate screen that they can use, this this proposition is going to lap up the Apple dollar. There's you, we know that the Apple dollars that people are wanting to spend their money with Apple, and and these two products give them a great excuse to do that. Um, it does, I, 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 and I've been itching to get into the kind of you know the ARM chips. You know, I'm I'm sitting on Intel. Every so often I hear the fan and I just know there's things that I can't, can't you know, there's, there's things in one tray that, that I just can't do, you know, and, it, and it's like we're going to see that more and more with some of the apps that are coming out that it's like, yeah, I do need to make that move. Um, so I just need to, and, and I'm, I'm kind of probably quite a luxurious position. I can, I don't need to, you know, I don't, didn't need to spam the button last night because it's already into probably April, uh, mid-April now. There's no big rush for me. I can, let's yeah, make that sensible decision. decision. Yeah. And, the, and the thing is, I'll see some reviews next week and get, you know, because there's even things like they'll say you'll hardly ever hear the fan. Is that right? You know, I'll, I'll have reviewers saying, actually, we were surprised and it kicked in and it did this. I can that. be, I can predict that the reviews yeah. are going to be stunning and it's going so. to be people going, but the, but say, I still don't think that will detract from that argument. That do, you, yeah. do you know what the worst, you know what the worst bit is? 150 quid for a bloody touchpad. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got one now, but when I sell the iMac, I would I would package that all up package, together, yeah. um, and then it was like it's 150 quid for a touch keyboard. Jeez, jeez, yep. tell you. There you go. They they know how to make some money. So um, anyway, good, good event done another an hour, and uh, we're on the next one. So the you know we've got there's plenty of rumours around. You know, there's Mac the gears to update. I was going to say there's quite a few there's things like that. There, lots yeah. coming. You know iPad Pros to update. We'll see iPhones and Apple Watches later in the year. Only. And ultimately, if they just shove that M1 chip, I know you're saying that they're going on to the next version of it, but right now they're so ahead of the curve yep. that that putting that M1 chip in anything will just make it quite and desirable. And right we're now. only three months from WWDC, so you get to see you know you know all the software stuff, and then there's like the you know AR glasses and all sorts. So quite a lot of tech to come. Good stuff. Thanks for that. Thanks for filling us all in. That is the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to the end for us. Um, if you want to find out more about who we are, what we are, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us via email, Twitter, Digital Outbox. We are not on Truth, whatever that name of the thing is. <laughs> um, Ian, where do we find you? Iandick.com. Lovely. And I am on uh, Twitter as Cheesy UK. Uh, and on that, we'll say... Speak to you next time. Ta-da. Goodbye.